What's up, champs? Welcome back to the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing this fine, I guess, Thursday evening that we're recording? Yeah, doing very well. We had our first snow day of the year, so got to hang out with the kids today. Uh, very relaxing, getting that lovely lake effect snow off Lake Michigan here in Kalamazoo. I'm having a very, I don't know how to describe it, very frightening winter. Like, I'm enjoying the fact that I've not had to wear my winter jacket once in January on the east coast of Canada. But it's just a, it's a alarming feeling in the background. Yeah, you don't, you know, that's, uh, that's, you know, you're, you're enjoying it, but you're also the creeping thought in the back of your head is like, eh, why is it like this? This is maybe not great. Yeah, I'm just not used to good things happening, Lewis. So let's let's try and find a few good things in the haystack of bad things going on and get into the fantasy hockey analysis for this evening. And we are going to start, Lewis, with what I've been preying on for months now, probably the res- hopefully the resolution to the fantasy hockey story that broke my heart in 2021-22. Nikita Kucherov back in the lineup. Praise the Lord. Finally, starting on a line with Braden Point and Andre Palat. Lewis, the boys are back in town. Yeah, great news. You know, the Kucherov owners, you know, taking a second season in a row for some of them, uh, just with, you know, a really unfortunate uh, start to the season. So great to see uh, that Kucherov is back. Very exciting. Uh, hasn't been kind of the explosive fireworks of a game so far here on Thursday night, but there is still time. So uh, we'll see how things wrap up. Um, you know, obviously, great news for Point, great news for Palat, although Palat has, you know, kept things going pretty nicely for himself throughout this. I was kind of a doubter, and I feel a little bad because I advised Elon earlier in the season that he was someone that he could afford to let go. Uh, but Palat's actually been doing very nice. And I got to say, you know, there's not a ton of analysis yet for, for Kucherov's return, but I wanted to make sure we did not talk about the Lightning without mentioning another Bolt who very much deserves it, and that's Corey Perry, uh, who with a goal here on Thursday is up to eight points over the last seven games, despite not playing over 16 minutes and 30 seconds in a game over that span uh, and several under 14 minutes. Uh, he continues to see power play two-time. He's still deployed with Maroon and P.E., Gym Class, Bellamar, uh, and just keeps scoring. Uh, you could definitely do worse among players rostered under in under 20% of leagues. So if you're looking for you know a stream or you're looking for someone to fit in, uh, think about Corey Perry. Possible option there for you. you know, maybe lost in all the excitement uh, with Kucherov's return. I appreciate you slipping in the PE gym class Belmar. I, I, that's a very, that's clever. I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, Andre Palat, though, I mean, kind of, I think now is when I'd be more worried about him with Kucherov back and, and potentially taking up that spot on power play one. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess it's an upgrade for him probably at even strength and maybe the downgrade at, uh, on the power play. So yes, I suppose that could be a potential concern. And as we are finishing up this segment, Nikita Kucherov officially back on the score sheet, assisting on a Braden Point goal. I am ecstatic. Oh, it feels good to be a, a, a Nikita Kucherov manager today. And Lewis, we are going to hop over to Beantown, to Boston, where a, uh, I guess, a returning goaltender is making headlines today. What can you tell us about Tukarask? 
All right, yeah, so a familiar face uh, making his return, sort of, with with a Bruins team, if not the Bruins team. Uh, Rask signed a PTO to play with the AHL affiliate in Providence, uh, was scheduled to have that first game here on Thursday, but unfortunately the other team uh, is now in COVID protocol, so we're going to have to wait a little longer uh, before Rask can start that conditioning stint. Uh, it'll just be very interesting to see. I would be a little worried, potentially, uh, if I were a Swayman owner. We have seen the coach say that he could bounce around the taxi squad, uh, potentially. But he also said that if Swayman is giving them the best chance to win, then he's going to play. So uh, maybe a little bit reminiscent of some of the three-headed goalie monster days in Dallas uh, from you know seasons past. Just something to keep an eye on if you are a Swayman Allmark owner. Uh, and if you are someone rushing out to grab Rask again, I think we want to temper ourselves with a little bit of caution here uh, because we simply don't know what the workload is going to look like. Uh, and, you know, is he really going to be a better option? I think remains to be seen. Maybe this is a signing that is a little more, you know, for the things that you've done for us in the past and maybe not so much things that he's going to be able to do in the future. I'm not trying to, to rain on the RAS parade, but I am a little hesitant. I see people rushing out to grab him and he hasn't even officially started that conditioning stint yet. So I urge a little bit more caution, I think. So when you say that you're urging a little caution, you mean that you wouldn't be grabbing him in any leaks? I think if you are way ahead in your week and sure that you're going to win, and I mean like way, 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 way ahead, you know, because we've seen these things turn on a dime. I had a 70-point lead evaporate this season, so you got to be very careful. I, just, I guess I'm uh, a little confused about what you mean by this then. Is it like you're you're just thinking that like he his his ceiling isn't that high, so like what's the point in adding him? Or it is worth grabbing him as speculatively if you do have enough of a, a lead? I, I, can you... Yeah, I guess I'm just curious where you where you stand on the Tuca matter. I just I, I think it's too early to be grabbing him when he hasn't even started his conditioning stint. I mean, the dude has been off the ice for quite a while. Uh, you know, who knows? There could be COVID. There could be injuries. I just think it's too soon to be going for it. And if you want to let, you know, uh, I, I think at this time, if you have aggressive league mates who want to go and get him, I say you let them. Uh, and if you want to grab him, I think you can do it closer to when he actually can contribute to your roster. I feel like we need a term, Lewis, for like when you can grab like a speculative ad that it's like I'm not a. it's not like I'm saying there's no reward to find whatsoever. But I think I agree with you on Rask. I'm just not that excited about him, um, worried about what a what a possible workload could look like where uh, the coaches said that Swayman is able to go on the taxi squad so they could ferry him in and out. I assume that they would run with a hot hand uh, approach. I also think that Rask is unlikely to see a workhorse starters load. So like at the very least, I think he's probably seeing a similar workload to what he saw with, uh, with Halak last year, back and forth with Allmark. But then also you had the Swayman picture in. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to be adding him anywhere, but there are certainly, I think like leagues where if you're in first place in the categories league, you have no concerns and your, your playoff placement doesn't really matter. And you, you can never find goalies anywhere. Like in that sort of a thing, like that's where speculatively, I, I think I could understand taking the shot. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. And I think that's, that's some wise advice there. And so we have one other injury we want to talk about in Boston. Charlie McAvoy is missing tonight's game with a lingering lower body injury. But Lewis, I think the coach mentioned that he wasn't too concerned about this one. Yeah, I kind of get the sense that the lingering is 
was kind of happening while he was playing and like just needs this little extra bit of rest. Uh, you know, he took a maintenance day from practice and now he's out. Um, you know, I'm hoping that that, that, uh, Tuesday to Saturday break will be enough. You know, uh, Cassidy downplayed it. He said he didn't think it was long term. Uh, it seemed like Saturday may be a possibility. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely hoping that's the case as a McAvoy owner in the cupful. I grabbed Nikita Zadorov to fill in for a couple games, uh, before hopefully I can drop him and just insert McAvoy right back in for Saturday's game. I'm hoping that pays off as a, as a strategy there with Calgary having the back to back. So did you not have a shot at Matt Grizzlick, who is uh, is filling in for McAvoy and already has a power play assist on a Brad Marchand goal? Well, nice for him to get that. I did, I did have a shot at him. I don't have a ton of faith in him. He's not somebody that I've ever been super enthusiastic about, you know, back when he was filling in for Krug, potentially on that top power play. Uh, you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, so I, I probably do wish that I had grabbed him. He may that one assist may very well outscore Zadorov over two games. But uh, yeah, I was just trying to maximize games from my roster and have somebody that uh, I could drop on Saturday. I really like Grizzly. I would I would take a shot on him if I needed a defenseman to fill in. Although Boston is just one of the like, it's the weirdest thing. It feels like they never play games like even we're like halfway through the year and it still doesn't feel like they've had a chance to even out the fewer games played that they had early in this season. Next, we're going to hop over to Anaheim, where tonight's game between Anaheim and Detroit has been postponed due to COVID-19. The game has actually been moved to Sunday, so it's a little bit less consequential than some of the other COVID postponements we've seen so far this season. You're still going to get that game into your week. I guess it is actually kind of helpful in a lot of ways because we have the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday heavy nights Moving on to an off night may, might have freed up some space in your roster tonight, and now you get those uh, those Ducks games later in the week. Um, earlier today, we learned that John Gibson was pulled from practice due to a positive test. We also found out that Trevor Zegras had cleared protocol, but would still be held out tonight, much to his chagrin, apparently. Uh, hopefully, we are close to seeing both Zegras and Getzloff back in the lineup, and this isn't an indication of longer-term postponements. The Ducks do play the Rangers Saturday and now the Wings Sunday, so I suppose it's worth keeping your eye on. I, I'm probably going to avoid streaming those players in if I have a roster space on that night. Um, and also, I guess, kind of good news if you're a Trevor Zegras manager because it means that the game that you wouldn't have got from him while he uh, while he was up in the press box, now uh, hopefully he's healthy enough to play. So, yeah, uh, it could be worse, I guess, if you're a Zegras owner. Always got to look on the bright side. Yeah, I like that glass half full approach. And that was sort of what I was thinking about, too, is Zegras, you know, we had seen some reporting that Zegras was a little upset about potentially being held out here on Thursday. And, you know, now he'll get to rest until Saturday. And hopefully that'll be what he needs to recharge that battery and get healthy and get back into the game. All right, Lewis, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to head out to Seattle and Vegas and a little stop north of the border to my home country. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, let's head out to Seattle to start off this next segment and uh, tell us what's going on with Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, so we found out today that Jaden Schwartz would require hand surgery that is going to keep him out for four to six weeks. 
Uh, he, you know, he's been doing pretty well. 20 points in 29 games. He's at a 57-point pace, maybe about what we can kind of expect from him. Uh, he had been pretty cold recently, just four points in his last 11 games. Uh, but with Jordan Eberle, the only Kraken players kind of consistently seeing that top line, top power play deployment, although uh, we've seen a little more of that from Jared McCann lately as well. Uh, of course, we know that Seattle is basically off for the whole week, so there's some time certainly for uh, for Kraken owners to you know ponder ponder the future of some of their players. But uh, you know, always unfortunate to see somebody uh, you know a useful contributor on an expansion team go down. You know, the the, the depth isn't always there uh, to the degree that you'd like to kind of call in those reinforcements. So all the best to Schwartz and his recovery. But yeah, not great for the Kraken in the next couple weeks here. Yeah, it's been a real up and down season for Schwartz. I remember he started super cold and then went on a a nice little point per game tear halfway through this uh, short season. And uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully he can find his game when he comes back. We're going to head over to Vegas next where we have an outjury to chat about. And that is Robin Lehner back in action. Time to dump your Laurent Brassois shares. He was... I guess decent, uh, up and down, I'll say, in relief of Lehner while he was out with an injury. Uh, Vegas also could be getting Mark Stone back in the lineup soon, which would be a nice little addition for Chandler Stevenson. Um, not much to say about this one, but just uh, hopefully hopefully a corner can be turned for Robin Lehner. I know he's had some struggles this season. Yeah, definitely not the sort of top five goalie a lot of us really hoped that he could be this year, uh, getting the lion's share on a pretty good team, but... You know, they really have never, never managed to kind of get all the way healthy and obviously won't be with Pacioretty still uh, several weeks out with, with his surgery. So yeah, just something to sort of keep an eye on and, and hopefully, yeah, we can see things get right for the Golden Knights. Uh, another team that is in desperate need of getting things right is Edmonton. We talked about them on the last show, so we won't spend too much time talking about those uh, top players. Although, as we sort of talked about uh, being a possibility on the table, we did see Dreisaitl play 25 minutes the other night. Again, I think this is just Dave Tippett trying to save his job any way he can think of. Um, but the players that I want to talk about right now are Evan Bouchard and Jesse Pujarvi. Uh, in five games since returning from the extended holiday break, Evan Bouchard has one goal on 12 shots, and Pugliarvi has been kept off the score sheet entirely in the four games that he played. He, of course, missed the game on the 29th versus St. Louis in COVID protocol. Uh, now that Pugliarvi's lost his best linemate to COVID, uh, he saw a paltry 13 minutes in the last game next to Zach Hyman and Ryan McLeod. Bouchard was still top pair and played 59% of the power play time on ice, of course. Uh, the usual power play one QB Tyson Berry is on COVID protocol as well, uh, but he hasn't been able to convert like so many of the Oilers. Uh, I got to ask Ben with just two games between now and January 20th is now the time to let those two hit the wire. Isn't it just one game between now and January 20th? Well, I guess there's the, the, the game on the 10th and the game on the 20th. Yeah. So one game, two games in the next two weeks. Yeah. I, I don't see how you hold on to any, I wouldn't hold on to any Oilers player that's not uh, stay, nailed down to the power play one floor, I guess, as a manner of speaking. Um, Puyi RV is a guy who probably he might get snapped up in a lot of leagues, but I, I think that you're in a league where somebody is grabbing Puyi RV for the name value rather than for what he's done lately. I think that you let the that 
league mate of yours take that zero rather than having to hold on to the anchor um again maybe maybe you hold on if you have the roster space and the you know we mentioned earlier the the lead in your league and the the ability the roster flexibility to sort of take the zeros for a little while but for me i I don't see either of them as somebody who you're going to regret significantly dropping um they're not going to cost you your fantasy championship uh and they might actually cost you the next two weeks taking those zeros especially with you know really no way of knowing after this long of a layover and without a whole lot of production like that spot next to mcdavid is not guaranteed we know that from from years past so i don't think we want to make any assumptions about uh where he's going to end up so yeah i think you know i'm someone who let jared mccann go in cupful he was snapped up for uh, a nice bit of fab today um, but i just couldn't stomach having the full week with with that zero in my lineup when i'm in a position where i need to win as many matches as i possibly can if i want to hang on so uh, yeah, I would be definitely dropping those two Edmonton players. All right, Lewis, where are we heading next? All right. Well, next on the lineup card here, I wanted to talk uh, about a little bit of happier news and a, a top line that has been reunited and has just been going berserk. And I, actually, my numbers are already uh, out of date here. Um, but since the Penguins top line has been fully reunited, so two games and change here so far. Uh, Sidney Crosby has managed five points with a goal, four assists, and one point on the power play. Jake Gensel, uh, after another goal here, is now up to six points, three goals and three assists with none on the power play. And Brian Rust has absolutely been going bananas. Uh, 11 points in those three games, seven goals, four assists, four power play points. Uh, just, you know, a total offensive explosion. Anyone who had the patience to hang on to Rust despite overflowing injured reserves, uh, resisting trade offers, all of that have really been, uh, enjoying these last few games as he's trying to make up for lost time. Obviously, Rust will not continue to shoot 54%, which was what he was managing uh, at the time I put this card together, uh, but he's really doing a nice job. Uh, the looming question is what happens when Malkin returns. His return seems imminent, and uh, Jeff Carter also should be back in the lineup. He's off COVID protocol, uh, but was deemed not ready to suit up uh, quite yet. So with Malkin and Carter out, the power play one forwards have been Crosby, Rust, Gensel, and Evan Rodriguez. And you might think Erod seems like the easy pick, but he does have four power play goals in the past five games prior to Thursday night. Uh, and Coach Sullivan stated he likes having a right-handed one-timer out there on the ice. We know Crosby and Latang aren't leaving that first unit, and in my opinion, it's pretty unlikely that Gensel gets bumped down to power play two also, which basically leaves two slots for some combination of Carter, Malkin, Erod, and Rust. Uh, my guess is that Sullivan is not going to break up this highly efficient unit that he's got going right now, at least until it starts to slow down. Um, so I would imagine that at least in the near term, uh, we see Rodriguez and Rust hold on to those spots. But I imagine that once Malkin gets a couple games under his belt, he seems destined to eventually reach power play one. And then it's anybody's guess if Carter makes it in there or not. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, if you were holding one of those guys, you may find yourself, if they're off power play one, maybe not Russ because he's going to be out there with um, with Crosby. And I mean, Evan Rodriguez, if he gets bumped, he's still out there probably with Malkin also. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if these are guys that you would consider selling high. Um, no one is going to buy that they're going to be able to keep doing what they've been doing lately. Um, but just something to consider is what that configuration on power play one looks like moving forward. 
Yeah, I definitely don't think that Malkin will be off power play one for too long. If he does, as you sort of suggested, a, a bit of a tapering in, um, that might be a great opportunity to sell Evan Rodriguez, who's been amazing. And I, I don't really want to undersell how good Evan Rodriguez has been this season. I, I believe that he is a very talented player now um, and and that he's somebody who is going to be worth having on your roster. Uh, however, I don't think that he's a 75-point player as he's currently pacing for 12 points in his last eight games. And I could see those headlines already with Malkin. If Malkin comes back not to the typical elite deployment that we expect, you can already picture the freakout. And if that's the case, I am definitely going to be shopping Evan Rodriguez um, just to see what might be out there. Because I, I think that he's sort of... He, I, he just seems – he screams odd man out in this configuration. The other player that I'm a little bit nervous about moving forward I think is just – I don't like what happened with Brian Rust last year on Pittsburgh where not that he was bad or, or that he ended up getting frozen out, but I think that he's the easiest – piece to move up and down the lineup when if and when things do get stale and so despite the fact that he's currently on pace for 110 points i don't think that you know he i, I see him more as a 70 point guy when things break right 70 75 points so if i can get a point per game guy or better for brian rust i am probably into making that swap yeah, I think it would be nice if you can get it. I Sometimes I feel like when players go too incandescent, it actually kind of hurts their trade value because it's the, the numbers are so eye-popping that people simply can't believe them. Like, you know, uh, I looked at, you know, Corey Perry's eight points over seven games. And I was like, oh, that's pretty solid. Like, I wonder if he can keep this up. And I look at at, at Rust and I say, well, there's no way he can possibly keep it up. And, you know, we don't, it's hard to sort of ratchet down, okay, what are my expectations? If he's not going to do this, what does it really look like? And I think sometimes there's an overcorrection there. So yeah, make sure you're getting your, your money's worth if you're going to send Rust away and that it's not people just saying, well, he's not going to do this. And really, he's going to be more like a 60 point guy. So I don't like him. So are you saying you think it's more likely Corey Perry's a point per game guy than Brian Rust? <laughs> I, I'm confused about that po that portion of, of what you just said. No, I, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not trying to, to make that comparison. I'm just saying that the, the streaks, I feel like there's a psychological element to those streaks that makes them look different. You know, when when, you know, you've got the, the eye of the person who you're trying to make an offer to. And, and one of them is like, oh, this is interesting. A point, you know, a goal here and assist there versus, you know, two goals and two to assess every game for a long chunk and you say, well, that's going to have to correct and, and maybe you overcorrect. Right. Like the, the Troy Terry effect earlier this year where everyone's trying to pinpoint a price and nobody really has like a, a sure idea of what it is. Um, I think Brian Rust, we have a, a few more years of data of, of what he is and, and can be. And I think that that's why I feel fairly safe dealing him if I'm able to cash him in for, like I said, an 80 point guy. Um, Lewis, because nothing gold can stay, and in case anyone thought I wasn't cursed, my couple team gained a Kucherov. It looks like Kirill Kaprizov is out pretty, uh, is going to be out for the rest of the game, and uh, doesn't look too pretty on this hit from Trent Frederick. So uh, I'm, I don't. There's nothing to say. Obviously, it's too soon, but I just, I am dying over here on my, uh, on my end. Yeah, really unfortunate. You hate to see it, especially, you know, from kind of a who dat like Trent Frederick. Like, come on, what are you trying to prove, man? But 
yes, unfortunate for the Kaprizov owners out there. And just again, you know, we, we say this too much lately, but it's the kind of injury that hurts everybody in the lineup. Uh, one little bit of bright spot, I suppose that you have is, uh, you had Matt Boldy scoring his first NHL goal. Uh, on Thursday night. So kudos. Well done for you, young man. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be overshadowed certainly for, for many more owners of, uh, or rosters, I should say, of Kirill Kaprizov, uh, who may be out for a little bit here. All right, Lewis, that is all the time that we have for tonight's show. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And to Lewis, I look forward to chatting with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Uh, please make sure you are subscribed if you haven't already. Uh, give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. We're active on Twitter. We've been answering all kinds of interesting questions. Brian and Elon, of course, are at Keeping Carlson. Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. And we have the suite of game day accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. Please visit the great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Natural Stat Trick, and Cuckupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach, and until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.